You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to this special anniversary episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Brought to you in association with Bootbox Vancouver, suppliers of boot socks. Head to bootboxvancouver.com to get yours today. And it's also brought to you in association with Humble Pie. Friday is Pie Day. Make sure to head to humblepiekitchen.ca to order your pies for the big game tomorrow. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Anthony Abbott. We are honored to be joined by one of the captains of Valor FC, uh, Dylan Carrero. Welcome to the show, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're, we're really honored to have you on, man. It's, uh, it's great to, to get to talk to people that are inside the, the bubble. So um, first question I have for you, um, I guess we have to talk about it, is uh, how are you feeling after last night's game with Pacific? Yeah, it's a bit, bit tough. Um, Pacific's a good footballing team. Uh, they moved the ball really well and they scored an early goal against us and uh, put us on the back heel right away. Um, bit tough, obviously. We had a few chances in the second half, especially to get back in it and, and possibly get a result. And obviously with the miss I had, uh, it's a bit unfortunate, but uh, just got to stay positive and go look forward into the next uh, three games that we have. It's one of those things like, you know, like, like missing a penalty, it's just a uh, part of the game. So how'd you pick yourself up from that? I mean, the boys, the boys on the team, they're, they're positive. They've, they've told me to keep my head up and make sure things uh, that I lead the team and, and in a positive way, and like I said, they said there's three games left, and it's all to play for to make that the final the, the final four spots, and um, that's all that you can look forward to now, and just stay positive and and get a result the next game. I thought the team had a, gave a very good account of itself. Like you just look very dangerous going forward. Um, how much has the new players uh, contributed to this? Like how are they fitting into the uh, into the squad? Yeah, you know it's it's always difficult, uh, especially with with how this this whole season's gone through this pandemic. Uh, we would have usually been most likely three three quarters in, into the season and we would have adapted to the style of play we really wanted to do and had a lot more training sessions to to adjust to it and understand the the way we want to play and the coaching staff the way they want to play. And um, obviously it's a bit difficult. We only had about a month and a half or, or so of, of training before we came here. And uh, to get a lot of it was off-field tactical knowledge that we needed to understand and very difficult when you don't play with 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 many people um for a long time and and to to get things going and understanding their ability on the ball what they do their movements off the ball it's a bit difficult but you know as as you see throughout the whole tournament so far we've we've kind of grew grew into each game and and understood and adapted to what we we as a team value in in football like obviously rob is like one of the the best loved characters, I guess, in the, in the CPL. Uh, what's his kind of philosophy on on the game? Like, the, what does he kind of uh, put across as his uh, ideas in the game? Well, he just wants us to be brave, get on the ball, get on, get high triangles up in the field, and and connect and uh, get forward running and create movement off the ball to get spaces in the ball into the pockets and. Um, if you, as you can see, uh, just getting more people in behind and more forward runs gives creates more space for for balls underneath and and gets us into great positions to to play and link with each other and um, and uh, create chances and and score goals. But um, 
defensively, of course, being structured, just making sure that uh, that we're we're defensively aware or tactic, tactically aware in, in a sense. And um, those are the biggest things. But the biggest thing for him is get on the ball and enjoy and, and show the qualities that each player has. So, as we mentioned there at the beginning, you're uh, one of the captains of uh, Valor. Uh, Daryl Fordyce is obviously the other one. Um, what, what does Daryl bring to the to the team, and uh, what, what does he bring as a captain? Daryl's a Daryl's a great guy. Um, brings a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience to the team. Um, just his 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 uh, his ideas on and off the field are are massive, and and it, and just to have a, a guy that's played over 300 games, 400 games. I'm not even sure of professional football is, is massive to have in the change room for the young guys. And, and even for myself, um, just growing and, and listening to him on what he has to say on many things and, and understanding um, what he's been through in a sense. And it just, just makes motivates us and makes us want to play as many games as him. And, and we aspire to him, to be honest. Nice. Uh, does Rob have to translate for him? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Some, some boys might not understand it, but um, but we're getting there. We're getting there with his uh, with his banter and uh, his uh, his understanding of the English context. <laughs> so, uh, how much of an honor is it for yourself to captain your hometown club? Yeah, I mean it's something big. Um, I've never never ever thought that we would even have a team professionally in Canada. So, so to have this opportunity to to be one of a leader and captain my hometown team is, is something special, obviously for me. And um, I wear with I wear the captain's armband with honor and pride, and and I hope that um, that I can help lead the team in any way and uh, into success. So, have you become a bit of a celebrity now in Winnipeg? Like your people when they see you on the street, like a hey. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, to be fair with this whole pandemic, it was uh, yeah, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, not much of going out. Uh, it's more staying away from each other. So uh, that's a bit difficult to to answer. But um, but no, um, I mean, I have a lot of friends and family still in Winnipeg. I grew up there, so um, whenever I see people, uh, they talk to me, they ask questions, and obviously they're happy. I, uh, in in a sense that we even have a soccer team professionally in the city, so. Yeah, it's great, like, what the CPL has done. I mean, like, I never thought, when I moved to Halifax 10 years ago, I never thought we'd have a professional, um, like, team here in Halifax. So it's great that these the, the cities that you wouldn't expect having teams, it's one of the, the joys of the uh, the Premier League. And I guess it's great for you when, obviously, you can travel <laughs> to see the, the rest of Canada. Yeah, I mean, it, it, incredible experience last year. Um, I traveled to every single away game, so just experienced everything, the food, uh, the, the environment, um, just different cities, the culture that they bring uh, throughout each city. Um, it's just incredible. I never thought I would be able to travel all through Canada and, and enjoy my experiences. So do you think you'll ever visit PEI again after this or like because you're sick of the place? <laughs> I mean, we don't even enjoy it. We're in the bubble, so we can't leave. Um, but uh, no, I've I've been here once before, and uh, I'm a big I'm a big seafood guy. So whenever I go to Nova Scotia or even here, um, we order some food here, and I, I try to get the seafood because uh, what 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 what's not to uh, enjoy when you're right by the water? Sure. So uh, what's um what's what's life been in the, what's life been in the bubble for you? What's it, what's it been like? I mean, it's okay. It's it's obviously a bit difficult. You'd want to go for it's like yesterday was a bit difficult. You know, we had a 9 p.m. game, 
um, first game at 9 p.m. We're not used to it. We're, we've been playing day games, and it's a lot of being inside the hotel, inside your rooms, kind of walking around the hotel. But you would love to go for a walk and move your legs a little bit. So it was a bit difficult in a sense. But, I mean, the bubble's been good. Um, it, we're, we're, you get closer with your teammates. Um, there's not much to do, obviously. Um, we have our systems, our video games. Uh, we watch the Netflix and on our time off. But other than that, we're, we're on a schedule and we're, we have team dinners, team lunches, breakfast, meetings, um, quiz nights. Um, we try to get a good experience and enjoy uh, what, what's around us instead of uh, what's outside of us. So is that how you're relieving the boredom is uh, just video games and stuff? Oh, yeah. Mass, massive, massive amount of time on the video games, um, <laughs> especially now. But uh, like today, today's a day off, so probably get a couple hours on there, to be honest. <laughs> well, the, 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 the CPL had a... Uh, a FIFA tournament between all the uh, the players uh, there during the pandemic. So I uh, imagine it's going to be a much better standard next year <laughs> when you guys all you can do is play FIFA, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, FIFA is probably one of the one of the games that are up there and, and most played in this uh, in this uh, bubble. So the should, quality should definitely be up. Hopefully, we get to see the CPL and FIFA Twenty One. Uh, <laughs> so, what's the what's the diff what's the big differences that you find between the squad from last year and the squad from this year? The, I just the, the the willingness to compete, the willingness to want to train to your best, um, just the mentality. Uh, um, I mean, I talked about it uh, a couple of days ago, but uh, the game against York Nine ninety uh, third minute block to save uh, a point for us. If, if I'm being honest, last year we would have probably conceded in the 90th minute. Um, so just just that different mentality, different switch, um, it showed. And then obviously the experience that uh, that some of the guys bring, like Daryl and uh, the Frasers played many games in Scotland. Um, Brett Levi is an MLS quality type player. You got uh, James Pantamis that's been with the national team through the youth system to bring a keeper in like that. It's, it's massive. So... Um, I mean, yeah, just the, the environment is just uh, more competitive and just uh, the mentality is a little bit different than, than last year. So just, just talking about your defense there, like it looks so much more solid than, than last year. Um, how's that for you then as a midfielder, knowing that you've got this kind of stronger structure behind you? Great to have, to have a, a quality back line, especially with, uh, with, with Drew and, and Julian Dunn coming alone from TFC. It's two massive units in the back and, just having the speed and the quality on the wing backs as for Steph and, and for Brett and for Arnold, who's, who's obviously injured at the moment, but um, to have that support in the back, knowing that if we do end up transitioning and we end up losing the ball, we've got a secure back four that, that's able to, to defend and, and uh, make sure we win the ball back to get us back on the ball. So, and not even just that, the quality with them on the ball is is uh, is is really good. And just to be able to play out the back through through the defense to the midfield and to go forward, it's uh, it's really good to have that. How uh, the Julian looks like some player, huh? Oh, he's a unit. I mean, twenty years old. The guy, the guy looks like he's twenty eight with with his physicality and stuff like that. It's it's incredible um, to have that that physicality and the the, the bigness at his age. Uh, he, he steps above, and uh, you can you can see that. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm shocked that Toronto FC haven't given him a, a proper opportunity because uh, he's a Canadian first off, and to have a Canadian uh, center back like that uh, uh, to give him experiences and in, in, in appearances would would only benefit. I can't see them like letting them stay with you guys like 
too much longer to be honest with you because he just looks he just looks good um so like obviously um the games are kind of coming thick and fast like um how's that affecting you physically yeah it's difficult you know um the first three games were were 1 p.m games for us in the heat um obviously the weather's kind of cooling down now but to have three games in the heat back to back with two days rest and then we play again um it's it's a bit tough but uh you know now's the time to get through it and and just making sure that we're recovering properly uh today this this week we got three days now of a rest so we can focus on the recovery a lot a lot more and making sure that we're prepared and getting ready for saturday's game now but uh it's it's been difficult but you know we everybody's in the same situation and we just got to push through it and uh recover to the best that we can so uh how's that how's daryl been able to uh recover with his arthritis and stuff <laughs> uh, to, be, to, be, to be fair, Daryl Daryl's a, a good professional. He's in the gym all the time and making sure that uh, that he's ready and prepared to to train uh, to train every single day. So, uh, what what do you have to do yourself? Like, obviously, like um, it's it's a good way for people who play the game themselves, like not to pick up those kind of niggly injuries. What do you need to do between your games to to stay fit and ensure you don't get those kind of muscle strains and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is just eating and eating, sleeping and staying hydrated, the, the most important thing. Um, then it's obviously just taking care of what you need. If you uh, if you need uh, to get a flush in your legs just to loosen out everything, uh, you get a flush. If you need to uh, get on a bike and loosen out your legs, if you need to go for a little jog uh, on a training field, uh, just get that done and just make sure that... Uh, that you personally feel feel good and and are recovering in, in the way that you you can recover right obviously everybody's different and some maybe it takes two days for someone to recover one day it just it all depends but uh for myself i'm just make sure that i eat properly stay hydrated and uh do the right things off the field to uh be prepared to go back onto the field nice um so obviously with, with you being the captain like how do you raise the morale of the players now going into the next game I mean, the the biggest thing is is how we felt after these after this game. Um, we don't want to feel like that again. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is is we all sacrificed. You know, everybody everybody in this bubble sacrificed being here. But um, what did you sacrifice? And what motivates you to 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 succeed in 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 sacrificing what you're doing? And and I think that's a big thing that we we as a team been talking about is yes, we're sacrificing things, but we have a paper in our in our room and it's we put names on the paper just uh, of who we're sacrificing this for and what if if they motivate us and you know we see that every day and and that's just a little something that just gets us going every single day and just making sure that we're we're in the right mind frame to to be to compete and obviously to to stay motivated that's awesome like i've never heard that before so if you don't mind me asking who do you have on the, the paper for yourself no, I got my fiance and I got my uh, my parents and my my siblings and my aunt and uncle back in Winnipeg. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, so, so just kind of going back to your, uh, your 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 roots a little bit here. Um, I know you played in in Scotland uh, and you played for QPR as well. So, how did, how did how did that move come about for you? Yeah, well, I was uh, at the time I was at TS Toronto Sea Academy. Um, I went away with uh, under twenty national team with Rob Gale. And the assistant coach was uh, Mark Bertram uh, with him. Um, and uh, after that camp, uh, he brought brought me aside and just said, "Listen, we're, we're, we're we I really like you, and I would love for you to come and uh, and come and train with with QPR." So 
So whenever you want, uh, we'll set it up. You let me know. You give me a call, and we'll go from there. So um, after that camp, I left two, three weeks. I thought about it, and obviously my dream was to always be playing in Europe. So I gave him a call, and I left the week after. And, um, you know, I stayed there for, for 10 days and um, trained with the, with, the, with the reserve team and, and under-18s. Um, and uh, after those 10 days, they, they offered myself. And obviously, I went with, uh, with Petrasso, Mike Petrasso. Um, so we, we, ended up, um, we ended up agreeing to a contract um, shortly after that. And uh, myself and Mike uh, ended up going there and, uh, and pursuing the European dream that every Canadian uh, <laughs> wishes to have. So, um, yeah, after that, um, after, that, uh, that, after we got there, it was just... Uh, it was just uh, enjoying what we have there and obviously uh, trying to build and, and get better every single day. And, um, you know, I enjoyed my, my two years at, at QPR. Um, unfortunately, a few injuries and, you know, um, um, maybe not getting the right opportunities in a sense. Um, being away from home, a bit difficult possibly, but, you know, I, I, I put that on myself and, and I wanted to keep pushing myself and that's where... I ended up going on trial to a few teams uh, still in the UK and uh, then ended up working out a couple of them. But then I found myself over in Scotland and um, and ended up working out with uh, with Dundee Football Club. And uh, and uh, then I started playing there and uh, right away they, they seen the potential in me. They they sent me out all alone just to get some games and understand the, the, the Scottish football. And, you know, I stayed uh, on loan to our growth in League Two football for six months came back for New Year's and I ended up uh, making my appearance, my first appearance in the Dundee Derby, um, <laughs> which was an incredible, incredible atmosphere. And, you know, uh, I mean, you probably know the stadiums are a hundred meters apart, maybe even less. So just to have that atmosphere and uh, to be able to experience that is incredible. And, you know, um, yeah, I'm, now I'm, I'm back in Canada and playing for Valor and uh, I'm obviously happy with uh, being with my hometown. So what what advice would you give any kind of uh, Canadian kids who are offered the same opportunity, like going to, to London to play for a team like QPR? I mean, the biggest advice I could say is, is never think it's enough. Always push yourself, always become, try to be harder, uh, work physically, work mentally, work technically. You got to keep working on that, those, those tools of yours. And, you know, um, the biggest thing for me is it, it's everyone against everyone when you get there. Um, everybody's fighting for, for a job. Everybody's fighting to, to, to get to a higher level. And, you know, um, I think the one thing that I personally lacked was just not doing more than what I should be doing. And, you know, I kind of regret that. And, um, and I wish I was able to go back and, you know, and push myself a little bit harder and understand. But, you know, I was at a young age. And, you know, when you don't have that, how do I say it, that, that mentor kind of thing to push you day in, day out, um, it's a bit difficult when you're young, but if you can keep a, a, a good head and, and make sure you're working hard on and off the field and doing the extra work, um, I think it will only benefit you. So that's something I can give uh, to anybody that would want to go back there. So how cool was it to kind of go full circle and, and play with Petrasso last year? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I've known Petrasso since we were 15 years old. So we've had a 10-year relationship. Obviously, we lived together for two years in the U.K., and um obviously last year he ended up I I ended up uh he ended up staying at my house uh in Winnipeg. So 
so it was like it was a full circle you know it was just it felt like we were back in in england and uh it, it was great because obviously he's my best friend um grew up playing together in a sense and uh to have another experience and to to enjoy playing canadian football with with my best friend it's something uh incredible and it was enjoyable obviously so what did you do to piss him off to make him leave <laughs> the thing that pissed him off is it's not it's not toronto it's not his hometown that's, that's the issue so i couldn't, uh, get, I, I, I couldn't get him to stay because it's not his hometown <laughs> Uh, so uh, he, he missed the Blue Jays. So um, when you uh, when you were in Scotland, um, you, you had a really successful spell at Arbroath. Like you scored some goals and, and stuff like that. Uh, what decided? What made you decide to move back home? Well, it was a bit tough. Um, I I don't really go broad into it, but you know I had a a contract situation where if I was to play a certain amount of games, my money would kind of go up in a sense and. You know, uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't play me to the, okay. my games. So um, I was in a situation where I had to make a decision, and um, I ended up leaving uh, six months earlier than than my contract. Um, came back to to Canada, spoke to a few agents, uh, tried to get me some some opportunities still in Europe, and nothing came up. Um, I ended up going on trial to Montreal um, Impact, and uh, at the time. Um, I went and trained, but the, you know, if things don't go right, you know, they, uh, they think they had better, better players in, in their academy system, uh, which is fair enough. Um, then I tried to get opportunities, obviously in the USL, MLS, and just things didn't come up. Obviously I'm an international player in the league and difficult. Um, but you know, uh, I then ended up making the decision. Um, I can't keep waiting. I, I, as much as I want to play professionally, I, I can't keep waiting and, you know, I'll just go, go back to school. Um, and that's when uh, I spoke to uh, Karmi Sacco, who was the York nine assistant coach last year, uh, who is the York university uh, head coach. And, you know, he, he welcomed me with open arms and, you know, I, after having that, that experience, I kind of fell out, out of love with football in a sense, you know, uh, things weren't going right. I, I seemed kind of not the, the business side of it in a sense. And, you know, I was a little upset and just wasn't enjoying the football. And, you know, going to York University just made me fall in love with, with football again. Um, just the atmosphere around the t- your teammates and um, just getting on a field and enjoying and winning and, and doing the right things, you know, it, 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 you fall in love with it again. And uh, I enjoyed my uh, my two years there. And, um, and like I said, it just brought me back to loving the game. And I'm just really happy I'm back in it. And, uh playing at a professional level. That, that, that seems to be a little bit of a team with, with some of the players that, that the game kind of can chew you up and spit you out a little bit. Um, it's kind of, That's one of the great things about the CPL that everybody has an opportunity now to uh, to, to, to keep going, right? Um, it's, it's really cool that you got to uh, keep going in, in the game you love and I'm glad that you've uh, fallen back in love with it, to be honest. Um, would you like to try the Europe thing again? 100%. If I if there's an opportunity that comes up a thousand percent, I think I think uh, it's still a place where I want to be. It's still a place where I want to to make a career if I have the opportunity to. Um, it's just if it's the right opportunity and the right time. Um, but yeah, I would love to 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 go back to uh, to Europe, possibly maybe a league that maybe suits me in a sense a little bit more, as I'm a very technical player and 
you know, I would love to go to a league like uh, like in Italy or Spain or Portugal, something like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, different style of game in in Scotland, especially you know it's it's piss and rain and uh, you're, you're you don't you don't really get a chance to, to do too much. So what 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 do you miss the most about the UK? What did you enjoy the most when you were over there? Just the football atmosphere. Just how everybody loves loves football. They 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 breathe and die for football, and you know it's it's something I miss. Just being able to go and watch a game and on the weekend and and see the fans cheering and, and uh, having that atmosphere, it's, it's incredible. And obviously just the environment. I just, I love a European environment. Just any, anywhere you go in Europe, it's just beautiful. And um, to be able to experience that, I was, especially London, I was, I was very fortunate at, at that age to be able to do that. The atmosphere at the Wanderers ground last year was, and um, just watching it on TV, it's definitely getting there. Like some of the atmospheres at the grounds look incredible. Like um, what was it like playing your first game in front of the, the crowd in Winnipeg? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, um, never would I have thought there would be an opportunity to play in front of a home crowd, but <laughs> to see 12,000 Winnipeggers uh, yelling and, and screaming and chanting, uh, it was incredible. It gave me uh, goosebumps walking out of, the, out of that stadium because uh, just to be able to, to see that firsthand and, and have, you know, it's such a big stadium, but such a big crowd with the noise that they bring uh, – it's a game in game out, just like Halifax. You know, I I think us and and Halifax, the the the, the fan base is is incredible in in both clubs, and you know, the it's what an what an experience, and uh, to be able to to um, to enjoy playing in front of my friends and family, it was just uh, incredible. It's amazing. So, um, what what do you what do you think you guys have to do now to to get into the top four and get into the next round of the Island Games? Just gotta win. Gotta get results. <laughs> um, that's, that's the main thing is is uh, if we don't win, we don't win. We don't we don't get through, right? So um, we're 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 piece by piece putting pieces together, you know. And and it it's been really good. We've we fought two two results in a row out, you know. Yesterday possibly a little bit unfortunate with with not getting a point, maybe. But you know, um, three games left. It's all to play for, and we need to score goals. We need to defend and keep clean sheets, and we need to win games. And uh, that's that's the main thing about it. If we want to do well in this in this tournament and go forward, even past the final four, um, you have to you have to win games and get results. So that's that's the most important thing now. Uh, that early goal obviously didn't help yesterday. Um, how hard are uh, Pacific to break down? Yeah, you know they they play they play good football and they they press you really high and uh, they don't give you much space on the ball, um, especially the first. 55 60 minutes it, it was it was tough to to make some things happen but you know um we started then end up getting more forward runs and getting a little bit more balls in behind just to to spread spread the spread them out a little bit and it created some space for us inside and and in behind and you know um they're 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 a good team and respect to them they they pulled out a good result for themselves but uh you know um just looking forward to to getting back on the field Saturday now and uh, making things right. So um, obviously, like the big news that's that that that, that hit yesterday was uh, Messi leaving Barcelona. How much of a shock was that to you? Fair play to the guy. He's 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 done what 15, 16 years there. Um, I'm a big Ronaldo fan, so to see Ronaldo succeed in so many countries um, is incredible to me. 
Um, so I would just I would love to see uh, Messi how he would do in another country. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really really amazing. It's gonna be very obviously very weird to see him in different colors, <laughs> but um, to have Messi in the UK or in Italy or in France, it, it's gonna be incredible, and I'm I'm really excited for that to be honest. So what what you think about the Messi to Tottenham rumors? I mean that would be incredible. I'll take him any day, <laughs> any day of the week. Um, but. Uh, I don't think that's 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 the case to be honest. I would I would honestly love to see Messi at Juve and see a Ronaldo Messi, but will will that ever happen? I don't think so, but you never know. I think there's more chance of him turning up at Valor than there is at Tottenham, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, like uh, there's the, the big rumors of him going to Man City. Like, uh, how, do you think that's a, a good move for him? Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, he suits the the Guardiola system. Um, he, uh, they're already an incredible team, and the way they move the ball, and just their their movements off the ball that creates them to get opportunities. Um, I think he'll uh, he'll he'll benefit and he'll he'll do well there. So if it, if he does go to City, um, um, I think it's a good possibility of them winning the Champions League next season. If I'm honest, because I think they're missing just that little bit of quality, and obviously uh, if they can get maybe one or two guys in their back line a little bit better, because <laughs> I think uh, I think Guardiola kind of struggles with that defensive uh, organization in a sense and uh, that's what they're kind of lacking right now we might we might see uh, Julian Dunn at Man City next year huh? <laughs> the way he's going you never know yeah. so um, we, we normally we've got a few questions that we normally ask everybody that comes on the show so um, what's your uh, what's your top three players that uh, you've you've ever seen well big one for me that that's, that's been massive in over the last two years has been Bruno Fernandes um, just to see how how uh, one season to another season can change for a player, it's it's massive, and and the quality he brings on the ball, and and uh, the things that he's done just in the last six months for Manchester United has shown what a quality player he is, and and what an example as an attacking midfielder, um, especially as me, I'm an attacking midfielder as my best position. So um, to see him on the ball and the way he plays has been has been amazing for me. Um, Obviously, uh, Wesley Snyder has been something massive for me when I was growing up. Um, incredible player. I was uh, I was used to love him at Inter and just the way uh, he was able to get on the ball and create things and find the open space to get on the ball, his movement off um, has been incredible. And then I obviously look up to, to Ronaldo. Um, you know, it's everyone talks about Messi and his talent and they, he brings that talent. He was gifted with that. Um, just to see Ronaldo work so hard uh, with his physically physic physicality of the game and his technic technical aspect of the game, which he had to grow himself, and you know, just to see him be able to to um, uh, overcome where where he was when he was young to, to where he is now, he's a, he's an absolute monster, and to be able to do what he does year in year out is is something special, and uh, those are probably the three three top players that I that I look up to. It's crazy, like the when you look at Ronaldo when he joined United first, he was this kind of skinny kind of kid that like was thrown out in the wing somewhere to to where he is now, and like why well, he's thirty five, thirty six, and he looks like he could probably play for another ten years. It's, it's I mean, yeah, it's it's incredible. Just uh, he's he's a machine. He's a monster. Um, you know, he he's been showing a lot of his a lot of his stuff he does on social media nowadays. So just to be able to see that is, is something incredible. And that's just a little bit. So I can only imagine what he actually does um, 
where he actually does uh, by himself. But, you know, if you hear every interview of every other player that he's played with, uh, especially Juventus, everyone says that he's he's made them an even better team, not only uh, playing, but they're all in the gym now. They're all doing the proper things. They're all eating the right things. And, you know, it, you've seen that at Real Madrid, the guy, he won how many Champions Leagues with them, how many La Liga, Super super Cups, everything. Um, it just he just brings something else to the to the to the team, and to have that is is something special. And you always want to push to be the best, and to have a player like that on your team, you 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 try to compete with him and and stay to that level. Yeah, it's it. I I you know what? Like I I used to think he was like an arrogant asshole, but um, the more social media has definitely opened up like what he is and who he is, and um, I I respect him a lot more. Like I mean, he's a good family man, and. Uh, Jesus, he, yeah, as you said, he puts in the work. <laughs> um, so, yeah. what's what's the favorite? What's your favorite pair of boots you've ever owned? Ooh, I'm an Adi, Adi Zeros guy. So, um, I think uh, I had they were lime green and purple. Not lime green, like it was a different green and purple. Um, but any type of Adi Zeros, uh, I love. Um, those are my boots. Uh, I, I wear them now. So nice. It's a new brand, new style. Good choice. Um, do you have any uh, uh, pre-match rituals? Um, no, not much. Just uh, I maybe pee seven times before the game starts. <laughs> that's, 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 that's Has to be seven. Has to yeah. be seven. <laughs> hey, I, it's like it's like I once I get to the field before I warm up, after I warm up, before the game starts, at halftime. Uh, it's it's incredible. I don't know how to stop that. You you should uh you probably should go to the doctor, man. It's probably <laughs> or drink some cranberry <laughs> juice or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to try to 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 change that but it's always been me for for many years so so what's um what's your what's your pre-match meal what's your pre-match meal go to i mean just a bit of carbs so i would i would i would get a chicken some rice uh some salad some veg something like that that would be my my go-to kind of pre-match meal and do you have like a, a cheat meal after a game um i mean i wouldn't say cheat meal but uh, you know, you 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 have. To, I like getting something sugary inside of me after the game. So if it's any type of candy that has a bit of sugar, uh, just to get myself back and uh, my sugar levels a bit higher up. I've had way too many cheat meals. That's why I'm <laughs> <laughs> the way I am. Um, so if you're going to play in a five-side tournament, um, from the players that you've played with, uh, who would be on your team? Oh, that's a good question. Um. Five-a-side tournament. Um, for anyone I played with, okay, so I would start with uh, with my my roommate, one of my good friends, James Pantamis and that. Um, I would go. Um, I would probably go. Um, Nada Manua in the back. Yeah, Nada Manua in the back. Good, good pal of mine. Um, I would bring obviously my buddy Petrasso in that. Um, I would then um, I would then have to bring probably um, Junior Hoylet, who I think uh, incredible in a in a five asides. So I would have to bring him involved into that, and um, obviously I would put myself in it. And then for my last guy, I would put. Um, a tough one. I would probably put. I'm honest with you. Uh, 
Mark Anthony Kai just to hold it down in the midfield and and clear up the winning battles and give a, give the ball to Junior and Mikey and let let them let them go at the guys. It's a it's a hell of a team, man. It's a hell of a team. I'm sure Patasso's <laughs> I'm sure Patasso's happy that you put him in there. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to put him there. I might I might hear something from him if I don't. <laughs> so uh, th- just before I let you go, then uh, what's the um, what's the the worst food that you had in Scotland? Because it's, it's no. <laughs> Did you have it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> awful, awful. I'll never have it again. Um, it, 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 I don't it, even. Yeah. The, the name of it's, it's bad. My type. The name of it's yeah. bad. It it looks kind of weird, and then when they tell you what it actually is, you're just like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Um, yeah. Haggis and iron brew. An amazing breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't mind the iron brew. I'll, I'll take the iron brew any day, but the haggis, no chance. No. so um i just want to thank you so much for hanging out with us man it's been great uh just get your kind of insights um we, we, i really hope that the rest of the tournament goes well for you guys uh it's this team compared to last year you look great and it's um it's great to see you's all kind of playing with a bit of a smile on your face so um thanks so much Dylan. i really, really appreciate it man and um good luck thank you thanks for having me on as well i appreciate it coming on Welcome to the second part of the Down the Pole podcast. Uh, we're doing our Island Games review, sponsored, of course, by our new favorites, uh, Humble Pie. Friday is Pie Day, so make sure to head to humblepiekitchen.ca to order yours. Um, I had one of them earlier on, and uh, they were kind enough to drop some off on my doorstep, and I'm surprised they didn't get uh, stolen, but uh, it was fucking tasty. <laughs> so thanks again to... To, to the guys over there. Um, so, uh, what what a, what a victory for the Wanderers last night. Um, we, we haven't uh, had Andy on the show for quite a while. We're also joined by Chris and Carlos, of course. Uh, so, welcome back to the show, Andy. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so, you, you, you've kind of been dodging us for a while. So, uh, thanks for agreeing to like come and talk some football. But um, what was your impressions of the game last night? What was the what was your, your good points I was pretty impressed, actually. Like after the first first three games, obviously a win is uh, is what we needed to. Obviously, a win was what we needed, obviously, to get up into the the, the, the top four. So I was pretty impressed. I, I thought the um, attacking wise was uh, was definitely a lot better. There was the more the more intricate passing. Obviously, there was. Obviously, the press which we've been seeing in the in the early games kind of seemed to to work pretty pretty well. Um, there was obviously the, winning the ball back in midfield, obviously Sissoko and 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 so on, um, and then just obviously yeah, just playing the quick passes into the strikers, and when you do that, you're obviously going to create more chances and hopefully score more goals. So I I, I thought that was definitely a lot better and. Also defensively as well, I thought um, was pretty pretty sound. Other than the um, obviously the penalty, it was like good to see Oxnard back in goal. 
and obviously a great penalty serve and obviously that kind of spurred the team on because it was at that point it was kind of Wanderers started pretty good I thought and then kind of Edmonton were coming back into the game a little bit and obviously that swung it back in the momentum back with the Wanderers and 2-0 lead at half time was pretty pretty good and then they kind of pushed on I was hoping obviously for more goals just because I think goal difference is going to be a factor in this but um but I was yeah definitely impressed with uh with the performance last night and um yeah just a sloppy little error at the end there and um but it was overall you can't really take anything that that can't be taken away from a good performance really yeah like I I thought at the beginning uh that we were trying to be too clever, I think. I think Joe was like, because he was back Agreed. in his f- familiar position, I think he was trying too hard to like be magic. And then I, I think that once, as you said there, like, I mean, we kind of went a little bit flat, I thought, for like a few minutes. And I was just like, oh God, here we go again with the Wanderers. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that penalty save definitely kind of spurred us on a little bit. And then we just went for it. And I think that like Joe settled way more better into the game. And he was like... um a lot more creative. Uh, like uh, Chris, what did you think like of Joe's uh, performance? Well, the, kind of like we were just touching on this, the start was kind of slow. Um, not to drift from your question, but I felt like with him, he likes to get deeper to get the ball. And, and I know Carlos and yourself, and maybe even Andy, if you read back on the game chat, because we were just going off oh, last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a novel. That's for sure. Um, one of the things we saw from Jao in the first couple games, even when he was playing on the left, was that he liked to come deep to get the ball. And he didn't really seem to have the space to be able to do so yesterday. And, and like you guys were saying, after the penalty happened, the guys played a little more free. Like they knew, okay, Edmonton's here to play. You know, it was a tough tackle from Chris. But, you know, the fact that Edmonton had the ball that deep and they were playing with a little bit of possession at that point, we had to show a little bit of something, something going forward. So once Oxner made that save, emotional, just got everybody going. And Zhao was the talisman. Um, every time he had the ball at his feet, he either knew what the decision was going to be or the touch was going to be. And then the next decision, he found the midfield clean. He found the wings clean. He made incredible runs and trusted the fact that he didn't have to come deep to get the ball all the time. I know I was just saying I would I really like to see him going deeper to get the ball, but the fact that he was able to see Sissoko, Rampersad, they got the perfect positioning here in the midfield. I'm going to cheat. And then Rampersad made that cutoff. Bam. It was perfect for Akeem because Zhao made that space happen. It was, it was unbelievable. And then, of course, Zhao created his own two with majesty for lack of better terms, um, the guy that we saw in training when we went to visit. And it, it was a confidence again. And it was something that the first couple games, I think that these guys were, these are the first matches. Uh, you know, I've been, I, I sound like a broken record, but these are the first matches. And, and Zhao was a guy we've been arguing and talking and chatting about it. He has not played in his natural position. He finally did last night, open the box. It was, it was majestic. Like I said, it was, it was, just about everything we could have imagined, man, from him. So shout out to shout out to Carlos's boy. So uh, Carlos, um, what did what did you think of the of the game? Like I, I think that um, like the, the finish. I, I think there were kind of goals that we weren't capable of last year. I think like the the, the finishes and like even the setup play was so much unwonders. Like <laughs> like that, especially like the the pat like the pass from. Um, Rampersat to uh, Akeem was like world class. So, uh, what did you think? 
yesterday was a different game for sure. Uh, it, it feels good to to win uh, three points, but we feel like we had a little bit of bittersweet on on the previous matches when we play against the top scores, top contenders that they were Pacific, Calvary, and then Forge. It's good to have a win, 3-0. I feel like the lads play amazing yesterday. There's still some stuff to correct on the squad, but I mean, like with the idea that we had and we've been showing uh, those Easter eggs in every single match that we have, they kind of like were shown abruptly yesterday. I feel like we got a, a great game. Like that that goal that they scored against us, like it was probably like a, a, a mistake, but it was a great goal. Like it was a screamer. Like I feel like no 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 keeper will probably like uh, save that one because it was right into the angle uh, with so much power. So that was a screamer for 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 the eighties. There was there um, was a foul though, wasn't there? Am I wrong? Uh, well, it wasn't a memory? foul. It, it was LVG that lost the ball and so and they, so, they crunched the rebound and they shoot it. Then yeah, but was was Louis fouled on that one or so, no? No, so, so Stephen said, uh, I was talking to Steve, like I did the press conferencing last night, and Stephen said, because I asked him about it, and he said that um, he, he was hit in the face, and it kind of shocked him. But if you look just before it, and I'm not trying to be overcritical, but like he tripped over his own feet, and that's why the ball went to yeah, the Everton player. Yeah, went too far, didn't it? Yeah. Like he lost control yeah. of it. And I, I think it goes back to what we've talked about, is that he's trying – there's a couple of players that are just trying too hard because obviously he's a marquee signing for us and he wants to yeah. um, show what he can do. And obviously, like he was didn't play yesterday that, and he came on for it the last few, that, few minutes. So yeah, well, that's what I'm. Not to cut you off. That said, I I thought that he did good in his cameo. Aside from that, I'll have to rewatch their goal because like my memory is him getting fouled, but. You were just talking about just the little things, so, like kind of thinking before you're acting. So, so you um, had, I thought so, he did all right. So he had the ball and like he, like he he lost control of it and then he hit into somebody. So I, he, I there was no like that's where they're saying that the foul came from that like it stunned them because he was hit in the face. But if you look back at it, like I, I watched it like once like a couple of times and he definitely like tripped over his own feet a little bit and that's why he kind of lost the ball but um yeah I, I was we were kind of saying like last night I mean that's it's just his look at the moment uh he loses the ball like that and then the guy hits a worldie you know what I mean it's like it's it's just football is a cruel game sometimes and it's like when stuff it, is going was, against you it was unfortunate because he was kind of losing it on the on the previous match but he was on the midfield so chances are when you lose it in the midfield you don't have uh that match of a threat, but when you lose it outside the box, look what yeah. happened. Yeah, and like I mean, like I, I don't want to sidetrack and get all negative, but I, I mean, like Carlos, like we, um, I know Chris said that there are certain things that were broken records on, but it's the first game that we've seen where this, the formation was what we kind of said we thought it should mm-hmm. be, and I think a lot of Wanderers fans expected to be there. And I know obviously Alex came in late, da 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 da, but at the same time, um, we have been it was playing. Perfect a lot of players out of position. So were you happy that Steven went for the formation that we thought he should? Um, yes. And I feel like this system should be uh, worked out. And it's more like, you know, we got, we got a 3-0, uh, 3-1, sorry. And it was in a different system. So if this team has like at least two more matches with this system and they try to understand each other how to play with two beats and, uh, you know, uh, three attackers and then like one striker or whatever you want to call it, I feel like it's going to work. 
And I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see the team that I feel like it's the perfect balance between being defensive with a Steven Classic style and being offensive because we need goals. And look what happened. I like the fact that Joao was finally in his natural position and look what happened. Two goals and he was distributing passes like crazy. That's where he needs to be. When you, as you say, and you, 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 you Anthony said it so many times, like when you put players in their natural positions, things are going to start to happen. Look what happened now. You put Joao as a number 10, excellent job. And I feel like um, Marshall should be on the left in his natural position. Yeah. Uh, he was placed on the right, and we couldn't see too much of that. I don't want to be overcritical on him because he was playing in a, in a position that he doesn't like, but I feel like it's good that he played there because he can adjust. And I, 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 I'm start wondering after the match, I, I watch like the highlights over and over, and I see what would team will happen? What would happen if we put Corey Bent on the right and Marshall on the left instead of Riggi? And yeah. but. But Marshall been playing right like a few me- a few games, and they get comfortable playing in that position, and they start swapping in the middle of the name. Swapping when I swapping, I mean not swap, just swapping Corey Ben and Marshall on sides, left, points. right, left side. Yeah. You, it's gonna be so much confusing for the other teams, and you have Joao behind the nine switching with a King Garcia. We're gonna be scoring like a bunch of goals. So if I feel like we should be aiming to start doing that. I I hope that um, Alex Marshall gets comfortable playing on the right, but we put him on the left and we can start doing that swapping job with uh, Corey Ben. And I think that the magic is going to start. I, I, I think that's um, that's the way I, I envision him being part of the team is that he's going to, uh, like obviously coming in off the right flank, he can shoot with his left and it's a different kind of option. But I don't think it's something that, should be all the time. I think that swap thing is like, um, and obviously Corey can do the same thing. It just, when you've got pace like that, it just causes all sorts of problems. And when you swap players around like that, it's, it gets kind of crazy. So Andy, like um, obviously like Akeem has scored half the amount of goals that he's scored last, the all of last season. Um, What do you think is different about, uh, about him in the, in these kind of first few games? I, I think it's not like, it's obviously not him. It's like, just the system do you know what I mean like last season it was like it was a bit painful sometimes just obviously obviously we'd go to the games and then like there's just few and far between with the chances and obviously he's making his runs or whatever and like he's he's trying to it was so slow all the time wasn't it yeah well that's the thing it was like just like they would just take forever to build up and whereas now they not to cut you off Andy that's what the first 10-15 10-15 minutes kind of reminded me of too yeah yeah it's no, like we're playing a lesser team why are we looking like last year again yeah i, I, I like you know like we, we all kind of said that it, it like well some of us said in the chat thing that like you know um it did definitely here we go again kind of vibe and i think that it i just think that like the players just need to kind of have the shackles taken off a little bit and just being able to express themselves. I know it's great being able to, to set people into a system, but you also have to allow people to be individually brilliant. And I think that's when you saw like like Rampersah, you saw Akeem, you saw Gerald, when they kind of were able to express themselves a little bit more than they normally do. Yeah. You have to trust your players a little bit. And I think sometimes I think and Stephen it, and- is so so rigid with his systems. Uh, sometimes he doesn't allow people to have that kind of expression. But I think that the, Yesterday, for whatever reason, like he, I think he realized it was a, a make-or-break game and he just gave people... Yeah, well, I, little... I think that was also the other thing. Like, it, it was a must-win game and 
Um, obviously, started off slow, but because they had to win, so they were just a bit nervous. And then, as we say, like that penalty serve, kind of just like you could see it go through the team. And then, again, like they were just ready to go then. And like they just, you could see the confidence building through the team. And as I said, like uh, like started to make his little flex and then the closing down. And then, obviously, then team like just ready to go, like ready to pick up the pieces and it was it was just good to like good to see and then obviously kind of just went went from there and hopefully uh it just keeps like like say keeps going be like it, it was like like um Carlos was just saying there with bent it would be good to see because he's had a he's had a good tournament so far obviously it was good to see him rested and hopefully he'll be back on Saturday but I like yeah maybe to swap like like they said, Marshall and, and Ben just kind of, I agree with that. Like just, yeah, it'd be good to see them bent back on the right and Marshall on the left there and and see what that does. So, uh, Chris, um, just going back to uh, Oxner's save, do you think that Jason was sitting on the bench a little bit and going, oh, bollocks? <laughs> no, man, no. That's not, that's not how it works with goalies, man. Like, it's, it's a, like goalies, it's like a brotherhood. It's a, it's a fraternity, right? Almost in a weird way. And as much as Jason wants to play and probably wants to get back in there to make up for the last couple of games, he was probably as happy as anybody that Christian made that save. Um, on one hand, because for the team's sake, obviously we saw what happened and – you know, like I said, being a backup goalie is, is one of the most tedious positions in all of sports. And, and we live in a hockey city and the backup goalie in hockey is literally the guy that's got to get everybody hyped up. And it's kind of like this glue guy for the entire team. And you can feel that with Yan Michael being there as the goalie coach, there's already like this perfect triangle of three guys who are all professional, all there to do their job. If my number's called, I'm going to do it. So um, he, he might have been a little bit jealous that it wasn't him because, like I was saying to you guys, he's an incredible shot stopper. And, and even that penalty he gave up, he almost got the ball. Yeah. So uh, it was, it was kind of like a similar penalty, same thing, you know, maybe a little tiny bit. But um, just as, as a guy who's, who's been a backup goalie before, I mean, I'm, I was only doing it in an emergency sense, but I kind of get where it is. Like you – you're, you're still a part of the team and you're, you're the number one cheerleader pretty much for your starter. So I, I think those guys probably had a good hug once the game was over rather than uh, damn you, man. This is a question for, for you guys. Uh, what would happen if they scored a goal? The same thing. The same do you, thing, honestly. Do you, do, you, do you guys think that uh, if Edmonton got that penalty score – do you guys think that the fate of that match will probably would be different or no, would be I, the same? I think the same thing. I, I and the reason why I say that is, is because we'll get to like the player ratings and stuff later. And you guys have already been talking about how Marshall was kind of ineffective. Um, it was a matter of time with like Duran and Soria. They both did an incredible job with Marshall, but it was just a matter of time before that middle finally split open. And, and we were talking about how the game was really slowly building I think in that 25 to 30 minute mark, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the boys kind of take a couple chances. And I think that even if they scored, if actually to, to be we completely post, honest with you, remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it, I think that the energy was there. It just, we weren't seeing it yet. 
And I think that the fact that they had that chance, and like I was just saying earlier, Chris's tackle was trash. I'm sorry, bro. I love you. We talked after the game (laughs) and he felt bad, but um, you know, the fact that Edmonton had the ball that deep and they were showing pressure, I think the team was really aware. And I think I said in the chat, I wonder if this is a Masut thing because I've watched Smew play a lot over the last couple of years. And anytime Smew went down, they pressed. And it kind of reminded me of that, even though we didn't go down, it was energy. The energy's there. It's just not out there yet. And it was immediately after that penalty save, it was, it was out. Like they couldn't, they couldn't channel that energy and it finally created chances. We had that two nil lead. So to, to shorten my answer for you, Carlos, I honestly think that we were probably five, 10 minutes away from that chemistry clicking. It's just the penalty accelerated it. I, yeah, I think it would have had the same effect of that. It would have spurred them on to, um, to, to, to what they, what, the level that they got to. I, I, as I said, I just think it was more of a, like the shackles were off a little bit and then people were able to express themselves. And I think that's the big difference this year is that like we have creative players. And I think sometimes that we um, maybe for just forget about, like, I mean, I, I just think it's like, it's a paranoia thing that we don't want to, concede goals and we're kind of constantly thinking about defense because that's a Steven thing I think just he's very defense minded um, and I think that we forget sometimes like of how sometimes in every system you always need to have one or two players that are just are able to do their own thing and create the magic yeah. and I think that's where Joe will fit into this team and uh, he's just I'm not a buddy of mine not just not before, I, before, I before you go, just a second real quick before you go Carlos a buddy of mine before I just lose this thought a buddy of mine said that last night might have been the night where Stephen Hart cannot be a defensive coach anymore, if that makes any sense. Oh, no, it totally because does. Hack is pure and our press is natural. So you don't have to actually create defensive tactics anymore. The defense creates itself. You know, the, another hockey analogy the best defense is offense. You know, you can win a game mm-hmm. one nothing, but you can also win a game six four. And I think we saw last night maybe. The, the beginning of the evolution of Stephen Hart trusting his players tactically rather than enforcing his tactics. Sorry, Carlos. Um, I, I, lo- I lost it, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you, so you I, carry on, I owe you a pie, Carlos. I, I owe you a I, pie. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I did have a question for you, though, Carlos. Um, so Alex DeCarlos, um, probably his best performance as a Wanderer. What? what what did you think of his uh, of his overall game? Was great. I think uh, the Corollis was uh, apporting so much defensively and offensively. And as a as a left or right back, it's one of the hardest position. Even the best place in the world, or you are either too defensive or you're either too offensive. Like I don't. I want to name examples. Like look at Marcelo. Like he's been questioning because he's such an amazing left back and he goes always forward, but he has a lot of defensive mistakes, um, you know, and that's a problem. Um, but yesterday, the, to, to, to be back on point, like what Alex did, it was just a 50-50, 50% offensive, 50% defensive. And having that in a, in a, in a match, it's really hard because as Chris was saying, like we have a defensive system and, and we have a, def- a defensive style of, of playing. And the way that he um, kind of like 
stood up and went to attack and, and defended when he had to, it was great. I think that Alex De Carolis was one of the best ones yesterday. And that smooch to Joao Morelli was good too. So. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, so yeah. like, like I, I think though, like um, I, we've talked, I think the last two games that he hasn't played, he said he's been unlucky, but he really took his chance. And I think that's, Kudos to him. He like you know he kept his head down and wasn't like bitching and moaning. He just was a professional as he always is. And I think the thing that surprised me the most was how much uh, he went forward. Like he, he, people always oh, seem to think was up and down, eh? Yeah, and like I, I I messaged him afterwards just to say well done and stuff like that. And then I just said to him, "Hey man, you looked a bit. You looked like fucked at the end there." He's like, "Yeah, I was." So I mean, he put he 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 put he played his his heart out and on. So happy for him because he is one of the, uh, the 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 good guys in the Canadian Premier League, and I'm I'm pretty happy for him. So Andy, just just a quick question for you then. Like so, uh, I t- I said talked to Stephen a little bit like the, on the press conference last night. I asked him a lot of the talk was about Sissoko coming into this game, but uh, like Rampersat for me, like kind of stood out. Um, like how much better does he look than last year? And do you think it's only a matter of time before we? we might lose him too. <laughs> he might be the next one to take off to a bigger league because he, he he looked incredible last night. Yeah, and I, I think like, um, yeah, like he, like, I, I don't have the captaincy, like he's, it's elevated to him to another like level because he's just like, yeah, I think he said on the last pod, podcast there, like obviously he's a fantastic captain, like, and it's like, um, obviously, he's, and you, like you guys were saying, he's like, obviously he's leading by example and, and all of this, but you can just see it in his performances. You know what I mean? He's he's taking that extra, obviously, I, I guess, um, and just kind of run with it. But it's like showing in his performances as well. Like he's like, like he just he's everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like he's going for challenges. He's obviously the pass passes forward, and but I think as well his partnership, especially last night with Sissoko, like they were just like them, them together were just. Like compa- yeah, like I said, compared to last season. But I obviously it was a new uh, like that, and that's the thing. It was a new team. There was no real, from my point of view, there was no real like system. Do you know what I mean? It was just like we were saying earlier. It's, it was just slow. But now there's a bit of an identity, and like you can see, the team have been working on this, and like this. I guess the whole COVID thing has been kind of good because they like obviously they've for, for a few weeks there they've been able to work on systems and, and things like that. So. We, we kind of said on the last podcast and, you know, um, we knew somebody was going to have to be the odd man out because the three of them, like Louis, Rampersat and Sissoko, are so similar that they were almost yeah. tripping over each other. And I think that it took, and a fair play to Stephen, it took a lot of guts to um, to, to drop one of them because it's a, tough, it's a tough call because you've got four phenomenal players. You've got Sissoko, Rampersat, <laughs> Louis and um, Zhao to, to, to choose from and like yeah. good luck to him having to pick between them and um, it was a brave call uh, I didn't I, I, like, didn't I like how you put Zhao in there because last night is proof that it's that's the decision do you play yeah. the three in the middle or do you yeah. play the two in the middle with Zhao in front and, and we've talked about this already like it like last night was just the evidence not to yeah. not to hate on Edmonton, like they're not the, but how much, the best how, team in the league, but they're a hard-working team. How, how and much we evidence had to still work to how, get the result? So how much evidence do you need? I mean, like football is a sport of results and being effective. It's results and being effective. And yesterday, that system proved it. 
You know, we we've been that could have worked against we, Forge. Not not maybe not cavalry, but that could have worked against yeah. Forge. Yeah, against yeah, okay, so, yeah I agree, totally agree. So to get to um, our, our player rating, so um, Andy, I'll start with you with the Ox. Um, give me your mark. So this is. Of course, sponsored by Humble Pie because we mark out pies now. So, out of 10 right. pies, Andy. First of all, tell us what's your favorite uh, Humble Pie. Uh, oh, pie. my favorite is the steak and cheese that they do. It's, it's yeah, it's the only one I ever buy. So, <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you what the other ones taste like. So, <laughs> so uh, how many pies out of 10? I, oh, man. I'm mad at Andy right now because that was mine. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You guys, have to, you guys have to tell me when we have other people coming on the show so I can prepare for a backup because the only one I ever tell mom to get me is the steak and fucking cheese, man. It's incredible. It is incredible. Steak and cheese, incredible. Yeah. The other one, my, my, my brother got. Is it a Donair? Do they have a Donair one? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, I think he had the Donair one, and he said it was pretty good too. And he got it overcooked. So oh. for all you humble pie fans out there, you can keep it in the oven for another five minutes, and it's just a little extra bit crispier. Oh, nice. Um, so, so yeah, Andy, it marks out of uh, ten pies for for Christian. Um, I, I think it was pretty solid. Like he had no real chance with the goal there, and. He, he was pretty commanding. So, uh, yeah, eight eight pies, eight steak and cheese pies for me. Nice. Carlos, what's your favorite pie? And uh, Mark's out of uh, 10 pies for our good friend Christian. Mince and cheese. Nice. It's kind of like a grind beef. It's so good. That's what I normally had at the grounds every time. The, the lady already knew me. Like, every time I go there in the lineup, Oh, you want that one? Yes. So she got it ready for me, so it was good. So uh, Mark's out of 10 for uh, uh, Christian. For Christians? Yep. From 1 to 10? Yep. 9. Nice. Solid performance. Um, I, I, I have to go with um, uh, Chris and Andy on this. Mistake and cheese is my favorite too. So um, pl- please do try them all, but the steak and cheese is fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm going to give, I, I'd give Christian eight. I, I think um, that's a pretty fair nine. I can see why, but uh, I, I'm going to give it an eight. How about you, Chris? I, 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 I only said seven and a half because I'm just that like intricate dude. Um, but yeah, like, nine i'm not mad at eight is probably the perfect score i just have seven uh, everybody listening this, this isn't on video but like i have it all written down so <laughs> <laughs> nice we take this shit seriously oh, like, you know, i know right so i think i think the thing is and, and i don't want to like just keep this going on but the fact that he didn't play the first three games he's been hurt um he came in commanded the box really well we always joke about how he's short and how, you know, you got to be long and tall to be a keeper, but he acts long and tall. And, and I think that's what makes Christian a special goalie. And we saw yesterday that this injury and this long layoff did not hinder his development at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, um, we, we do take this so serious. A play scale does mean quite a lot to us. So uh, that's why I said yeah. I got it all written So, so um, I, I'm going to go to start with you, Carlos, on this one. Uh, uh, Chris Chris Ensa, what did you – I know you gave away the penalty, but uh, his overall game, what did you think? I think he played great. I saw him like yesterday. He played better than the match before. So I give him – Seven pies. Nice. Chris, what are you going to give him? 
Seven and a half. Yeah, like Carlos said, you know, he he actually played really good last game in 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 the in the sadness that we were all stuck in. We were all talking about <laughs> how shit. Chris actually looks like a right back, and aside from that mistake, which is just Chris full of energy, full of life, he rebounded like the team did, and and again like the game before, he he controlled it really well. So seven and a half. Yeah, I I, I thought that um that the the pass in behind their defense to him was working so well enough. Like he, and he uh, was, he, he was the only one that tried. He went in the last five minutes, he went up there dribbling everybody and he, he tried to hit it from the outside the box and he was the only one that tried. And I, I said, that we, we, I said huh? did Steven get mad at you for not taking that to the corner? And he said, no, he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I messaged him and I said, uh, he's turning into uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. So uh, yeah, he oh, used yeah. To, I mean, from the first, the first game that you played as, um, uh, as a right back, I thought we, we said, I thought he was a bit defensive, but Jesus, he's, the, the leash has just been let off and he's, he's gone crazy. So I, I'd give him, Jesus, I think I agree with you, Chris. Seven and a half. I think I'll throw in that half a point. What about you, Andy? Um, yeah, I, I kind of think in this, like the same. Obviously, from the first game, like you said, like he was a bit more defensive, but now he's 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 given been given that license, so he's like with the attacking. But last night, I thought, yeah, again, like similar to you guys, I, I would I was kind of had like seven just because. Like he, like I don't think he was on the same level as like Oxnard. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, but he was, yeah, he was pretty, pretty solid. Like you can't ask for any more, really. So uh, our, our next one is uh, the wall, James uh, himself. Um, I, 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 I kind of want to give him a ten just for that tackle that he did in the second half when he nearly like kicked I think it was that same poor guy wasn't it like your man uh, Alleman or whatever his name I think he like almost booted him back to the uh, the hotel so um, but I'll get I think I said to James it was karma <laughs> <laughs> uh, James so, was like this is what you get for doing this to your teammates yeah <laughs> and I think I said in the chat that uh, that was James like shushing him um, anyway so I, I I'd give uh, I, I give James like he is just rock solid man like he had that one uh, error like I, I and I think that was just from pure tiredness against uh, Calvary. I, I think um, I'm going to give him an eight eight pies on that one, uh, Carlos. I'm going to give him ten pies. You know why? Because our first ten uh, pies. Yeah, Gefford, right? James yeah. Gefford. Yeah. yeah, because he's such a solid defender, and even when we lost. And we draw against uh, the last two matches. We haven't even been talking about him. And when you have a, a center back that you don't talk about it, it's because he's doing the right thing. Yeah. That's... Normally, normally the goalkeepers and the def- and the center backs are the, f- the first ones to blame. In this case, we've been talking more than Peter Schaller than actual uh, gems. So I mean, I, I think he's been spotless in every match. I, that's why, like, I'm gonna give him my first ten pies. Considering that, uh, considering that, I think last week he gave somebody two. I think that's pretty. <laughs> that's uh, I think I, I think that that's the equivalent of like forty pies. So yeah, Carlos, Carlos's Carlos's pie scale is just <laughs> like it's amazing. emotional more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad he, at it at all. He's, he's crying steak and cheese right now. Um, Andy, yeah. um, what what would your score be for for gems? Um, yeah, again, another solid game. Um, like, like you say, you don't really 
team much about him. He just does his job very, very, very well. And I would give him eight, eight pies. Nice. Chris? Another seven and a half for me, just because, again, me, oh, intricacies. Good. But yeah. he's, he, as a tall, lanky player myself, the decision that makes or breaks you is the first touch. And for a center back, he's so calm. Yeah. Be it yeah. a touch to lead a pass, a touch to draw a defender away, or a first touch, just a boom, boom. He's just so calm. And like, we're going to Virgil van Dijk, that's what you're saying? No, like Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, um, we, we've talked about Peter the last couple of weeks, and, and you can tell that maybe some of the errors made over the last couple of matches between them um, just comes down to them not just knowing each other. Yep. And yesterday, again, like it, not to discredit Edmonton, they're a lesser team, but the pressure they showed allowed those two to actually still work together in a match where if they conceded, there was no uh, guillotine, I guess, there. So gems, um, for me, like I said, I said seven and a half, just calm. And I think that's something that our Nona did really well last year. And Duran was really calm too. And it's nice to see that Peter has somebody next to him that's the same mold. I, I think myself um, that for, for all the talk of like Rigi, Joe being all these and Marshall being the, the big signs that we've made and Louis, um, I, I think as Carlos said, he's just stayed under the radar, but he has probably been one of the best signs that we've made in yeah. the last season. Yeah. Um, so going into uh, our good friend, Jesus Christ, that guy on the the bloody commentary last night, like people were going crazy at him at the end there over the, over the Scott Fair thing. But I mean, this bloody Colin Peter, Colin Peter Chalet or whatever the hell he was going on about. Peter uh, Swiss Chalet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Carlos, did you get that message? You have to do that, man. Oh, man. You've got to Photoshop. <laughs> it's a, it's a Swiss Chalet. <laughs> <laughs> I I I one hundred percent So uh, Peter Peter Chalet, um, I I I thought that last night was a much more assured performance from Peter, and he sounds look um, like the the Peter of old. I, I think it's just taken him a while to get back to this level, to be honest. So I would be happy to give Peter seven pies, uh, Andy. Yeah, I I'm I'm in a agreement. Yeah, I have like seven pies. As well, it was a good. He played well. Like there was obviously, like like you say, it's not not the Peter from last year yet, but it, it's pretty close now. Like it's, uh, but it's like you said, as well as you guys were saying there, it's like a new a new defensive partnership. So it's just kind of understanding what each other does and and kind of just building that relationship. So I think yeah, it's getting better every every game. Nice, uh, Chris. I'm a 7-2 just because, like I said, Gems showed a little bit extra, so I couldn't quite give Peter the same rating. But like I posted in my story, I've been critical of the man because I know that he's self-critical, and I feel like he was hard on himself after the last game, and I feel like he'd be really proud of himself after this game. Like this, He, should be. he handled Amiobi single-handedly yep. and, and ran him off the pitch, so – um, we're, we're starting to see the Peter of old, which is good to me. And I think that the next game or two, we'll see peak Peter. And then hopefully that game seven, whether it's do or die, we see the fridge. Yep. They're cool drunk. Uh, Carlos. Um, seven. 
seven because I I think that Peter it's uh improving uh as you guys say like he's he's starting to be the old Peter Shala and I like that I like to see that I feel like the best thing that could happen to him is being partnered with uh James a player of that level you know when when you're a little bit of a have a little bit of a rust and you have that quality of a defender beside you as your partner it makes your uh, transition to be back to the old Peter Shala faster than it's supposed to be, especially in such a short tournament like this. So I gave him a seven. And I'm sure that uh, the rating will be increasing over the episodes, but kudos to him. Nice. Total, uh, total, like, total side note, not to like, take us off track, but the match against York is going to be a big test because you can see that their attack is really starting to build up again. Mm-hmm. So those guys, like it, it's it's perfect timing that those guys are starting to show that they've got a good understanding together because they're gonna need it against York. Um, I'm actually like very nervous for Saturday, man. Like I'm taking pills and stuff like that. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but like <laughs> no, I, I am a little nervous. I won't lie. I'm be, a little nervous. That's gonna be a big test, and I, I take it. I don't know. We can discuss it later. So. I'm on the Xanax already. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but the thing, the thing, the thing I think with, with Peter too is, is that he, he was always the main man in defense last year when he played. And I think he just, he's starting to realize that he doesn't have to be the main man with this because he's got a partner beside him who's equally nice. as good as him. And yes. I think he just needs, it just needs to, like, he doesn't always have to be the guy sticking his head in everywhere. Like, he's got somebody else that can take the load. Um, so I Andy. Also, and I, I, I think we're all, also we, saw how good he was last year so we're probably all a bit overcritical of him because he was so good and and that's the yeah, other thing a, too like that's a very good point like and, and i'm not talking about how the quality of the league sucked last year but it's clear as day we're talking about how the wanderers are a better team just about every other team in the league is a better team too yeah. oh, definitely. so peter being away from the team after um was the Canadian Championship, I think. Well, not the Canadian Championship, but like just around there was his last game. Yeah, yeah. He had like it's it's been over a year since he's played this quality, and it's yeah. probably a higher quality than he played against last year. So yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I'm he he's literally taking a step every game, and I'm I'm proud of that man. I definitely am. Um, me too. He's he's one of the good guys. Um, so. Alex DeCarolis, um, I, 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 as I said there, I think that was probably Alex's um, best game in a one-year shirt, and um, uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like he, what he does off the pitch and what he does on the pitch is amazing. We're lucky to have somebody like that at our club who is um, like a really, really solid guy. And uh, so I, I'm going to go for eight and a half on that one. I think he was um, tremendous, to be honest. Uh, Chris, far away. Same rating. Yeah, he was uh, he was my man of the match. So sorry to the rest of the fellas, you're not getting eight and a half. But um, <laughs> same with the first game, which is why we talked. Like, it's not that Mateo did anything wrong, but I was still surprised because the first game, I thought Alex was one of Alex's best games, and we saw him double down against Edmonton. So I would love and hate to be Stephen Hart to make that decision between the two of them over the next three games. And maybe more because that's a piece that we were talking about over the last couple of weeks, how the left attacking position is kind of all over the place and the left defensive position between everybody who's played there. Cause we've had a few guys play in both positions, but 
Um, and the, the left defensive position has been fantastic. Alex has proven that Steven has to make a decision soon who he's going to trust. If they can platoon, fantastic. But that was, like you said, Anthony, probably his best performance as a Wanderer, back-to-back games. Yeah, big time. Um, Andy, what did you make of uh, Alex's performance in high terms? Yeah, again, some, some kind of like thing. I, I, I have uh, eight pies for him. It was a solid game, like good going forward and I think did he have like a Rory lap throwing like just oh he's got a he's like, got a yeah he's got a just crazy like, yeah he's got uh, a thunderous throw away man to be honest with you yeah I, I did just, not think he had that I don't know oh, did, he, uh, did somebody, he do that much last year I forgot yeah because uh, somebody I, I, somebody had said in um because do you remember like the penalty video when people were taking the piss out of him? Um, I, I think Joe had said in that like, uh, don't worry, he's not taking the penalties; he's taking the long throw in. So I think they, I think oh. they always knew he had that in his locker. So I'm um, sorry, Andy. And also me. on that on that topic, complete side note: shout out to Duran Lee. He almost hit the penalty spot with his throw in. I don't know if oh, he has that that yeah, first one he threw. Yeah. Oh man! Shocked the shit out of me. That's a center back doing that <laughs> shit, man. Know, Holy yeah. smokes! <laughs> Andy, sorry we. we no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but no, I just was like that when I saw that Rory, like, I was like, geez, that takes me back to Rory Delap back in the <laughs> Premier League. But, um, but yeah, no, I again, yeah, as I say, eight eight pies for Alex there. I thought he had a good, great game. So, I'm glad that uh, Alex got um, spoken of in the same terms as an Irish legend. So, kudos. There you go. Shout out there to Rory Delap, uh, yeah. Carlos. Eight pies. Um, eight and a half, actually, because I give him that half pie because he played with a heart yesterday. And you don't see many players playing with a heart. Like, you could be any talent, but you, when you add this inside, it gives you an extra bonus. And, and I feel like Alex yesterday played with the heart. Eight yeah. and a half pies for him. Uh, uh, watching his uh, celebration after the uh, Oxnard say was, was incredible. <laughs> and then... Um, next, next on the list, um, uh, uh, let's go for uh, Sissoko. So, um, Carlos, how do you think that uh, Abu made out? Um... Another great performance for Abu. A pies for him. That guy, man. I think he's as we were like discussing pretty much every day. I think he's one of the best midfielders in the league. Like Abu. You 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 can feel it. Like he has such a unique energy on the pitch when he just like touches the wall. You can tell that he likes to play. You know that like he really enjoys the game, and you don't see many players, especially midfielders, like that. Yeah, he definitely plays a, a smile on his face, and uh, Stephen during the week there had also kind of said that himself that he, he just mm-hmm. he's just got a positive energy around him. Um, Andy, um, how did you think our good friend Sissoko did? Again, uh, great game, great, great closing down and stuff. So yeah, I, eight pies for me. I, I for, for myself, I think uh, um, we have a Sissoko at Tottenham. I think I'd actually prefer Eric Sissoko at Tottenham right now. To be honest. <laughs> um, Jesus I, Christ! I, <laughs> I, um, I I'm gonna give him uh, eight pies. He, like last night wasn't a spectacular game for him, but he just did all the things that he was supposed to do and he just did them really, really, really well. So, and that's to me is a sign of a great player that he just goes about his business like James just goes about his business and gets it done. Uh, Chris, how about you? 
I said last show, I asked you guys, like, are we looking at the best midfielder in the league? And last night was him showing a different style, a different role, and he took it. Um, there were so many, and we were just talking about Peter kind of building his confidence because he's not booting the ball up the field 40, 50 yards because that's the only option he has. Sisso was finding those little pockets. And to, to have a guy who can play behind the striker and in front of the defenders confidently is invaluable. So uh, he got an eight from me too, which um, is not the worst. Maybe it is the worst game. That's saying something is all I'm saying. If that's the worst, um, I, I got the air quotes going, Sisto, if you're listening to this. If that's the worst game. like You got you, you to understand also that uh, Abu has been playing every single game. Every and yeah, and like I keep reminding people too, yeah. and I keep reminding people too. Like he, he was, he was with the Whitecaps for training camp before. Yeah. Like he was, he was on a whole different level, and yeah. I was very, very fortunate working with U Sports to see him and Omar play. Um, and it was, it was there then, but to see him transition that to this level, you see Oof. why Vancouver wanted to take a look at this kid and and i hope he's back next year i really do i, <laughs> I shouldn't we, we shouldn't be talking about this shit but he's literally like yeah i i think if the if the white caps saw something can't make him before he even played and they're looking at him now like they yeah it's crazy for me uh i i actually i i think sissoko is like just almost there i i think that rampersat is just brought his game to the next level and like last year whether it was the way that the formation stunted him or with the position he was playing in but like watching his range of passing like the the difference like the first the pass for uh Akeem um was incredible but the layoff for Joe for his second goal was just as good because it was pressure and he just had the the foresight and the the the, the calmness just to lay that ball off I think Rampersat is probably the most complete midfielder in the league right now. That's my humble opinion, my humble pie opinion. Um, so I, I, I think um, uh, he was my man of the match um, and uh, I would give him nine and a half pies. I think that was probably, wow. I, I think that was, a, he was, he was incredible last night. And I, I think that we, we witnessed, um, I think this tournament we're witnessing like him coming from being a good player to turning into a great player. And, it's credit to Stephen that he, uh, Stephen said like that uh, Rampersack came in as a 10 and he's moved them back to a, a six. And I think it's a credit to Stephen. I know we criticize him, but I mean, that's just great coaching to see what he's capable mm-hmm. of. And um, yeah, I think he's I just agree. the ultimate box to box player. Um, that's my, my Rampy rant. So uh, Andy, what did you uh, give Rampy? Yeah, again, like obviously I couldn't say better than you, but um, yeah, he again was, excellent last night and like obviously captain and great leader and you can just like I said earlier like his performances just seem to be getting better and, and better and obviously he like he put in a commanding performance last night so he was close with my man of the match but I, I had eight and a half nice pies. that's a fair score uh, Carlos nine buys um, Rampy I feel like uh, he I feel like he was so underrated. I feel like he is he's such a quality midfielder that 
he's not taken for granted, but you see all these one soccer experts talking about different midfielders of Acuñas, that they're great players. Don't get me wrong. Now you got your Acuñas, you had your Siemens, you have uh, a bunch of uh, your your Mania Parisios, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Rampersat is at that level, man. Even even better than some of those. If you, I'm not saying because I'm a Wonder fan. I feel like he is such a quiet player, but he does so much like those assists, those positions. Like he controls, he's the engine of the Wonders. And I feel like the day that Rampersat is not on the field, if he gets up, we definitely feel his absence. And I feel like we did yesterday. If we check the last minutes of the game, Edmund kept attacking well I mean that was more like hassle for them because they wanted to score 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 but that was when Rampy left the pitch if you notice that when he gave the arm to Peter Shala like we lost a lot of Rampersat and a lot of, of the game of the midfield game when he left I feel like we're gonna we miss him more him than Sissoko in the pitch because Sissoko is such a great player you know, like he's more offensive and, and he organized everything. But Rampersat is so complete that you notice like right away when he when he was stopped and they put uh who was for him a Scott Fair. Um you, you can feel that that absence of Rampersat in the pitch. To me he's so complete. Nine pies for him. Nice. Chris. I was just talking about Sissoko being the best midfielder in the league, but for a long time, I've been talking about this guy, like Carlos said, underrated. And you did your rampy rant, so I'm not going to do another rampy rant. And all I do is rant anyway, so people don't want to listen to this shit. But it, it was the last home game last season, and I pretty much told him, you're the best fucking midfielder in this league. And we're seeing a guy who was not sure if he could do this again prove everybody that not only can he do this again, he's better than most of the people who are doing this. So um, I gave him like an 8.4 only because I gave Alex an 8.5. But like Andy said, it was, it was a toss up between him and and Alex and Zhao. The three of them all put in performances that we could have begged for last year. So um, the skipper and I'm big time proud of him because I've talked to you guys about the conversations I've had with the man and to see him playing with this fluidity and this confidence and this trust because he's got that armband on. It's I, I, I he puts a smile on my face, man. He puts a smile on my face. Um, yeah, he's he's incredible, and um, I, as I said, like I think he's one to to watch. That might get 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 which will break our hearts but hey anyway we wish him uh, I think he's too probably too good for the league anyway um, so let's 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 go from the highs of Rampersat's performance to um, the I wouldn't say lows but um, the I, I think to be honest with you I think Edmonton really uh, did well to to, to mark uh, Alex Marshall I think they kind of saw him as a threat and I think they did really well to nullify him. And also probably, as Carlos mentioned, he's playing probably on his not favorite side. So for, for Alex, um, I feel really bad because I think that he's um, – he, he's uh, yeah, Alex is like really 
he's going to be great. I just think it's going to take him a while to get there. Um, I'm going to give him five pies. Uh, Carlos? I give him five pies too because um, he was – he's quality. He's a quality player, but um, he was, again, playing in a position that he's not familiar with. And I feel like if you put him on the left, he's going to do better. And um, also, we got to remind that he was the last guy that arrived in the squad. So it seems like that rust that we didn't see on the first matches because probably it was all the momentum of playing for the Wonders the first match uh, that he was so hyped that he didn't show it that much. But now that he's been playing matches, being a sub even, like he got a bunch of minutes, so we are starting noticing that rust in the matches. Um, but it's just going to take time, as you said. So five pies for me. Perfect. Uh, Andy? Yeah, I think, again, I'm, I'm in agreement, like probably five pies. And kind of I was just thinking the same as what Carlos mentioned. Obviously, yeah, as we know, he was kind of the last one to arrive at the party there. So obviously then he had his isolation and, and so on. So it's just... Obviously, he's not had as much time with the team and it gone through kind of the different systems, that like the different ways that they're going to play and like in certain situations. So it's just like, yeah, a bit of rust, but I think he'll get better as as the tournament goes on and hopefully, hopefully, uh, yeah, he just improves. I, th- I think that, um, that it, it, as we come to the, if we do get into that second phase of the tournament that uh, we'll start to see him hit peak levels. Uh, Chris, what did you give uh, Alex? This is this is where I got to get one of you guys. Who was it that said, if he's fit enough to come off the bench, he should be fit enough to start? Uh, I said it. <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> well, but, the, but the reason I is, think we saw last night why. No, but I, I think, he, I, I, think I, I understand like coming on and being an impact player and all that kind of stuff. But he's never going to get that match fitness unless we actually play him in a game. And I think that... Which is, yeah. I have another thing too to to apport to that, and um, you had to rem- like Corey Ben was burned because he's been like that guy runs the whole pitch, he runs even to the local room, bring Gatorade to the subs, and come <laughs> back in. So that guy is, is is like so fast, you know. So he runs and he's I feel like he's he was just like out of you know he needed a a, a, a day off like a match off. He play yeah. a few minutes, but who's your other option? Well, I, who, can, who can who who can give you that quality that Corey Ben does in that position? Well, Alex, it's just a matter of like you were just saying the match fitness, and I was just kind of picking at Anthony about him saying if he's fit enough to come off the bench, he should be fit enough to start. But like we're seeing the Jenga blocks just kind of building up right now with him, right? He I think, played a, a good shift. Like I, I don't know when he came off, but he played a good shift. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, not on the ball. But I was just talking about how Morelli created that space for Garcia's goal. Mm. Marshall did the same thing on that same play. Yeah. And and you guys were talking about how Edmonton treated him as a threat. Mm. Um, Duran and Surya did fantastic with him. And anytime he got the ball, he had to check it back. And he was the only player who really had to check it back. So how is he I, give him, I, I, I give him six pies. How is he it? Give, sorry, go how, ahead. How, how I see it is like what Steven said is like he's so like that the, the right side and says, okay, Corey Bent is like drinking a tall shit with 8% alcohol. It's going to get me drunk. Who's the less alcohol beer? A Corona. I'm not going to have a Corona player there. I want like a beer with 5%. That's why he went with Marshall and he put it in that position. 
Do you understand? Yeah, it was, uh, like it, it was, it was, it was the second the player. The Carlos book. It was the second player that has to come. Like you know, beside in that size, so that's why Marshall would swap. That's my perspective. On yeah, I, that I'm, I've asked Stephen Hart of that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about the right as much as if I'm worried about the left. And like Anthony mm. said, if we want Alex to get match, pardon me, match fitness. He played seventy-eight you minutes. Put him where he's at. What's he that? 70, he played seventy-eight. There minutes. you go. So he played seventy-eight yeah. minutes. So which is that's probably that's got to be comparable to what he played in the first three games combined. Yeah, I was very surprised that we left it so late to make. Some of the substitutions last night. To be perfectly honest, I was um, hoping that I was hoping that they wouldn't change it. To be honest, because they I, so thank well, you, Andy. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I actually agree. You know, I I kind of wanted to see them get some of the guys that haven't played yet in there, and I'm glad that Scotty got some minutes. But I have to agree with with Andy. The only person I wanted to see come in was Omar, and, and I'm glad he did. Um, Rigi, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think I called him a uh, a bulldog yesterday because i think that like he was just snapping at people's heels the whole game i think he was probably the uh he epitomized the the, the press and what steven's trying to do with it that he just um a guy who's been out injured for two years and he's come in and he it's just incredible the the work rate that he has for a guy that's been out that long and he's not afraid because you think that somebody who's had an injury like that would be kind of a little bit kind of apprehensive of sticking his leg in places and all that kind of stuff and being afraid to pick up an injury. And he was just snapping at everybody's heels. And that pass for um, Gio Morelli for the, for the first goal was class. Mm. It was really, really good. So I think for me, um, just on the pass alone, I think he, and the, the, the few little tackles that he did, uh, I'm going to give him eight points. I think it's uh, well deserved, um, Chris. Uh, he's high, high risk, high reward. I love him. Um, he's he's gonna just try to get into pockets and make the layoff or try to make that penetrating pass every time. And I gave him seven and a half. Uh, I was surprised he was in the starting lineup, and he did not disappoint me whatsoever. Um, Andy. Yeah, again, I thought he was like he had a good solid game. Like he did the right things, what you wanted him to do. Um, and I had. Eight, eight pies. And uh, moving on to, he was given the, the Gatorade um, man the match, Gemarelli. As I said, I just thought that because of that first 10, 15 minutes when he was just trying a little bit too hard, I think that's why Rampersack kind of outdid him a little bit for me. But I definitely had nine pies. For, like, the, that first finish was probably one of the best finishes I think I've seen in the CPL. It was uh, that good. It was like just calmness just you, you see so many players just do it like in, in the Premier League and all that kind of stuff and it looks easy it's definitely not and um, the run the finish it was class to be honest um, nine nine points for my good man Joe uh, Carlos um, at the beginning I think that Joao was a little bit overexcited and I feel like we re- he really kind of like Missed that partnership with Corey Bent because I feel like in the middle he was distributing passes and he always tried the filter pass to the right, but Marshall didn't have the speed of Corey Bent and we were missing a lot of a lot of passes and that's when I feel like Rampy kind of stoop up a little bit and start like controlling a little bit, giving him more space in the middle to start being the ten that he always been. And after the first 15 minutes, he started, like, creating, and he was, like, increasing, 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 increasing. Um, 
and he like played an amazing game, you know? It was just like uh, like those passes, those crosses. He was dribbling everybody. Um, nine pies for him, you know? Yeah. Uh, Andy? Yeah, I give, I give him nine pies. He was probably my man of the match. I just, I, I, obviously, we kind of talked about the first 10, 15 minutes, but sometimes that's what it takes to, to kind of settle. But if it wasn't for his two goals and his performance, then where else were the goals going to come from? Do you know what I mean? Like, so obviously they might've come from another area, but yeah, I just like, he was the, 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 the player that obviously made the difference. Um, and yeah, just, you can tell he's quality and hopefully like that gives him the confidence for the, for the game on Saturday and the, 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 the next couple of games after that. So. Awesome. Uh, Chris. I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to give him a kiss like Peter and Alex did because <laughs> that's literally everything we've been crying for for the last year plus from that position. And, you know, shout out to Guti, shout out to Kodai. It was just tactical. They wanted to do what Zhao got to do last night. Um, another 8.4 for me, like I said, because I gave Alex the, the man of the match. But this is the only game I didn't watch twice. And just from hearing other people's opinions and listening to you guys talking about him right now i'm sure if i watch the game again he'd probably end up being my man of the match it's just that first few minutes really stood out for me and you guys know how critical i've been of him not because of him but because of the tactics i want to see how he can kind of bend his abilities and i think last night we saw a guy in his natural position after playing out of position for a couple of games get comfortable and that could be very, very scary because we were just talking earlier about um, seeing these guys in training. He was by far the best player in training. So oh, definitely, um, I'm. It, yeah, so you, I'm, you have to you have to keep you have to keep Joao in his natural position. Like you never take an animal from his natural habitat. That's like a polar bear in a hot country. You know, you know, it's 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 not like that. Like he has to be. Another one the number the 10, behind the number nine. That's where he feels comfortable playing. Another Carlosism for the book. Uh, <laughs> I, to, to, here's the thing. I think that Akeem was kind of overlooked. It's true, though. Like, I think Akeem was like um, overlooked a little bit last night just because there were so many good uh, performances on the pitch. Um, but he is probably one of the best players in the league at just playing on the defender's shoulders. He just he just knows when to make that run. He's really good at time and like I mean for somebody that fast he doesn't get caught offside a hell of a lot which for somebody normally like that they, they do and I think that he had a really good game last night he's just he's just a handful for defenders like even when they had the ball and they were coming out of defense he was just over trying to get the tackles in he was chasing down the ball like he, he is an integral part of that press he's like the he definitely defends from the front and um, he's always He's a hundred percent, I think, for the for the for the jersey, and um, I don't mean that as a cliche. He actually, I, I feel like he really does. So I, I'm going to give him, um, and that first that finish was fucking amazing too. So I'm going to give him eight and a half pies. Uh, Andy, yeah, I got eight pies, and, and and like you said, like he's yeah, he's the in, the integral part of that, as you said, the press. He's like the He's, he's the guy that sets the tone for it. Like, he's the first defender. And, like, once he goes, then that puts everybody else into position to go, kind of before they set back into position or whatever, if, if they don't win the ball. But, yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah, right on the shoulder, 
ready to go, ready to score if need be. Or like, yeah, he like fantastic performance again. And like you say, probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because there was players there last night that obviously performed just as well, or if not a touch better. So, but yeah, he should be pretty pretty proud with himself. So yeah, definitely, um, Chris. Um, an eight for me, and and I agree with what all you guys are saying. Uh, he was overlooked, I think, because everybody else has done well, but that's just what G does. Uh, Carlos? Um, Akin the Dream Garcia for everybody, and Akin the Nightmare Garcia for all the defenders. He does the job done. He scores. He does. Again, it's sacrilege that they put him on the bench. And don't don't come up with the fresh legs and, and that's cues because fresh legs go to a spa after the season and go and relax. We're here to win. Nonsense. So to me to me, a king night night pies and as always, outstanding. A King Garcia. That's all I have to say. Perfect. That's probably um, the best. That's the best Carlosism. I think that's the best one. That might be the best one. What was it? Sorry, fresh legs go to the spa at the uh, end of the season. season. Uh, (laughs) um, So uh, I am not going to win. I'm not going to get involved with that one. Um, So um, I I I really think that um, it was such a great performance. Uh, We're probably back on a few of the players' Christmas card list after we were not so kind in some of the and everything that we say on the podcast comes from a pace of love for the Wanderers and nothing's personal. And we just call it as we see it. Um, I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure people say the same thing about us and our podcasting ability. So it is what it is. Um, so, um, it just, is. just to finish up, just to finish off the show. Um, I just, and thanks again to the humble pie. Uh, it's pie day on Friday. Make sure you, Check them out at uh, humblepiekitchen.ca and get your your pie order in for the weekend because the Wanderers are playing on Saturday. Pies and points is the perfect match. Um, So, uh, obviously today... There you go. Obviously today was the... um, A big thing happened at the um, the, the game with Ottawa and uh, Calvary. Um, Not the scoreline. Just before that we just saw players who were supposed to be... Um, staying apart in the bubble, um, coming together and showing the world what they, how they feel about the injustices that we're we're seeing um, and continue to see. Um, I just wanted to to ask you, Chris. Uh, it's such a horrific situation that we're dealing with. I mean, we saw the the NBA like cancel last night or um, postpone their games, and then we saw the. WNBA players with the t-shirts with the seven bullet marks in the back of the, their t-shirt, which is I, 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 anybody who saw that, um, like it really was a striking image and people might find it graphic or whatever, but this is what um, people of color are dealing with on a daily basis in, in not just the States, all over the world. So I just wanted to just get your thoughts on what the message was from the players today and um, seeing every one of those players out on the pitch doing their thing. Yeah, I think like you said, this whole bubble COVID thing has kept everybody apart. So the symbolism of all those guys linked in arms while the game was going on, 
um, had a lot of depth and like, I'm not going to get too deep, anything like that. I, I, today was just really frustrating to me and, and anybody who follows me on Instagram saw my message because I was frustrated with a lot of the shit I was reading from Wanderers fans, not just random people, not just random folks from our city, not just soccer fans or fans of other clubs, but actual Wanderers fans um, talking about these guys should just stick to soccer or we need to get this shit out of the game. It was just frustrating to me Um, for the last couple of months now, since the George Floyd shooting, you'd think that people would at least keep negative feelings and thoughts to themselves. It's not a cut and dry situation, but seven bullets in the back, as far as I'm concerned, is cut and dry. You can talk about all the stuff around it, his warrant for his, you know, you, you, I don't even want to talk about the facts because I, I, I just, uh, sorry, just to, uh, just to say, no, on that, no cut me uh, off, bro. Cut me I, off. I, I, yeah. I just think that every time that there's one of these shootings in, in the States, um, that they always come out and besmirch the person. So nobody deserves to be shot in the back seven times. Nobody deserves well to have somebody kneel well on their neck for eight and a half minutes. It doesn't matter. Um, we're, we're supposed to be living in a humane society and um, that's we're supposed well said. To, to treat people with respect no matter what. So, yeah, I, I don't yeah, buy into that. And you see, like, this stuff coming yeah. out now. Like, I mean, they're talking about, I remember George Floyd were saying that um, he was on drugs or something and then this, this new one's like there was a knife in the car and all that kind of stuff. doesn't matter. It doesn't give somebody the right to grab another human being by his shirt and pump seven bullets into his back. Um, sorry, that was yeah. just my little side bit there. Go ahead. No, you're right. You, you've pretty much finished what I was going to say, man. Like it's, again, like you can look at all those parameters that you just mentioned about these situations, but does that make a person uh, obtain a death wish? Uh, you, you know, to me, it just, it, it frustrates me. You know, I've made mistakes in my life. I'm sure you three have made mistakes in your life, maybe worse in some, in some cases. I mean, I know these guys have made some pretty terrible mistakes in their lives, but do they deserve to die? It's an example of what people are talking about public executions. The cops run their warrants. The cops run their record. They see who they are. Okay. We don't have to actually be careful with this person. We can be reckless, whether that's true or not. That's just my perspective. And I think a lot of people are throwing their opinions and perspectives out there without vetting what's going on first. And, and Facebook has been a demon. Um, it kind of breaks my heart actually, because there's a lot of people who I grew up with who understood, at least I thought understood and had empathy for other people's feelings, just disregarding them. Um, I guess the whole, the whole, uh, the whole bubble of what I'm trying to say here is as Wanderers fans, um, and I mentioned this in the Instagram story, the mantra of our club is literally together from a ways. And I don't know the numbers and I don't know the stats, but we've got guys from all over the world, all different nationalities, all different races, all different country, everything, everything, religions, all of it. They, they come to Halifax and represent Halifax and they don't care about who's their brothers. The color of their skin does not matter. They're on that field and they're representing Halifax. We know that this city 
has some rough undertones and some rough backgrounds and some rough stories. And we had the opportunity to talk to Marvin a couple of weeks ago now. And Marvin told us some stories that blew our mind because we were like, this is insane. This is where we live. But I want everybody to realize that even if you have an opinion or, an, a, polit or a political affiliation or anything, you're a wanderer first. And by putting your hateful, negative, just derogatory feelings out on the internet because you think that you have the right to is not going to help anybody in this situation. And you are a part of the problem. It's simple to me. You, you, you celebrate Akeem's goal. And then the next day you tell these guys to stick to soccer. You're, you can go support another team as far as I'm concerned. And Derek Martin himself. It, it's just, it's, it's, Derek himself said it, uh, there was a, a call that Marvin hosted with um, people from different backgrounds um, with the Wanderers fan. And uh, your mom gave a story about something that happened at the grounds last year. And Derek himself said that he doesn't want th those people aren't welcome at the club because at the end of the day, like, I mean, like, look at us, like, I mean, like I'm from Ireland, Peru, Canada and England, you know, the Wanderers has brought us together. You know, like I, I probably would never, this I, I probably would never have met, any of you guys who hadn't been for the Wanderers and that's what the club does and that's what football and that's, does and that's why we love the sport. And, and that's my point. Like, put your politics aside, put your negativity aside. If you don't support Black Lives Matter, if you don't support this whole movement, if you don't support anything that's going on right now, fine. That's your prerogative. You're a human being. You have a right. Just keep that shit to yourself because the quicker that you let this movement actually put itself into place, the quicker we can get into the next stage. And if you don't like the next stage, then you have a voice. And I keep saying this to people. All you're doing is proving why this movement actually has legs right now. And I want everybody to have a voice. Even the people who are hateful, I want to hear why. But at the end of the frigging day, we are wanderers. When you are on a wanderers chat group, message board, a Canadian Premier League, anything, keep that shit to yourself. Because you represent everybody from coast to coast. And if you, if you want to express those feelings and opinions, do it on your own social media. Because you represent all of us. And that's pretty much it. Well said. Um, Carlos, uh, Andy, did you guys have anything to add to um, um, what, what, what's, what's before we Before we finish, um, I totally agree with what Chris said. And all I have to say is not even before a wonder. I feel like before yourself, you put your personality out there. So it's not, I know we support the wonders, but do it for yourself. Like you have a name and the last name, you know, that's your brand. That, that, that's your brand since you were born until you die. And if you want to, you decide whatever you want to do with your brand, go ahead. But like be a human being first and have empathy. And I feel like social media right now, it's a course and it could be a blessing sometimes, but it's how, depend how you use it, right? If you want to put hate on your keyboards and put it there and feel um, that you have power just to shut people off by saying those comments, just go do it on your own. It's just like simple to do it. We're human beings, you know? And I know it's such a simple cliche word to say, yeah, we're human beings, but it's not like at the end, we're all humans and we don't want to pull up with that shit because at the end, 
It doesn't matter what skin color we are, we're going to die. Some people were cremated. Some people will be in the cemetery. We're going to be eaten by worms. We are the same race. You know, we're humans. That's what it matters. Awesome. Well said. Uh, Andy? Yeah, just um, like I was always brought up, uh, um, like I obviously agree with what's been said, but I was kind of brought up just treat everybody like you want to be treated yourself. So just be smart. Do you know what I mean? Like just uh, like a, like Carl's just said, like we're all humans. We all just, we start off as babies and then we all go through life trying, going through all our different struggles and our adventures and the my name is well mine is like to be happy and healthy and to get on with people enjoy sport come together watch big events and, and things like that and then but yeah it's just like the stuff that's going on is is crazy like it's all you can do is like just yeah support everybody like support obviously the black lives and yeah it's just yeah it's on but like yeah, it's just crazy what like, and it just keeps kind of going, and that's the thing. Like, it's just, but you got to make that stand because otherwise, it's going to keep on happening. Things right? happen. Do you know what I mean? Like these things go on. I, I think the like just to finish up on on this point, I, I think the the people who are online saying, as Chris said, uh, stick to soccer, uh, get back to football, blah blah blah. Like the problem is, the reason why they're part of the problem is, is that they don't live the same lives as people of color. They like when they get pulled over by the police, they don't have that fear because they're coming from a point, point of privilege. Like when I, if me and Sarah got pulled over by the cops, we're like, Oh, okay. Like what's, were we speeding? Were we doing whatever? You kind of get a little bit nervous because obviously it's the cops and like, you know, it's, it is what it is. We don't have the same feeling as what a black person has in a car. Cause they're usually thinking of what the hell is going to happen to me. And am I going to get out of this? alive and that's the difference and so i think that those people who are saying stick to soccer like i think they should just keep their mouth shut because they don't know yeah. they don't live the same reality as what um other people live and it's the same like if you talk to a, a woman who's walking out late at night you know like um they live a different reality to what we do because we're men and we're walking around it's it's different we just we don't live that reality so you can't have an opinion on something that you don't experience all you can do is just listen to what other people are telling you and be, as Carla said, be like uh, empathetic and be to show some humanity, listen to what people are saying to you and help, help them change and let them have the same opportunities and the same uh, way of life as what you have. And that's all they're asking for. They're not asking for anything more. They're not asking for, nobody's asking for anybody to get anything extra than what you're getting, which is to, Go about your daily life without the fear of somebody pumping seven bullets in your fucking back. Um, so, lads, um, I'm sorry that we have to end on such a somber tone, but I think we, we after such a powerful message today from the, the whole league, the players, the coaches, um, I think that was something that we had to address. And um, we look forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, we look forward to another pie review after that game to see how the lads, hopefully our ratings, hopefully the lads get as many pies as what they've got on this uh, this episode. Okay. All, all kinds of sevens and eights. Yeah, that's, that's all we want. So, um, yeah, um, this is obviously like our um, our anniversary show. So I just want to thank everybody, like Chris, Carlos, Andy, Dave the Rave, Gary McMahon, 
Steve Steele, and there's so many people that have uh, helped with the show to start it from a wee little pub in uh, in Bears Lake with a phone and two lads drunk talking about Manchester United to where we are today. Five drunk lads, four drunk lads talking about the Wanderers. <laughs> yeah, we haven't come that far. <laughs> He's so, so drunk, so drunk he got the number wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm seeing double. I see two Carlos's. Um, all right, lads. So. Just one, one thing I, I think we need to mention. Thank you to you as well, because with, without you, none of us would have been here tonight and starting off this uh, this idea that you had back then. So, yeah, congratulations. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, lads, uh, I'm sure I'll see you at some stage on Saturday. Um, until then, cheers. Thank you to Dylan, and thanks to the lads for hanging out on this special anniversary edition of the Down the Put podcast. Thank you to Bootbox Vancouver. Don't forget to head to bootboxvancouver.com to pick up some boot socks and also pick up some amazing football boots as well. Also, thank you to Humble Pie for sponsoring our Island Games reviews. Um, head to humblepiekitchen.ca to pick up the most amazing pies in the city. Thank you to all our listeners. We really do appreciate all your support. It really means a lot to us. Thank you to all the guests and contributors for like the last year. Your support has been incredible. Don't forget to head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.